0: Well, Merry Christmas to you, church. It is good to be together at the 11 o'clock service. I'm going to confess to you, this is way past my bedtime. All right. So y'all, y'all pray for me. All right. No, we're going to be good. It's going to be awesome. This December, <clears throat> excuse me, it's past my voice's bedtime too, I guess. This December here at First Hurst, we have been learning from John's gospel about the best gifts. Gifts that we have all because of Jesus, because He came into the world long ago on a holy night in Bethlehem. We have celebrated already this month the gift of truth that we have because of Jesus, the gift of purpose, the gift of life. And on this Christmas Eve, we find yet another precious gift to be unwrapped. It is the gift of grace. This special gift is highlighted in John chapter number 1, and we'll put these words on the screen for you, but I want to read a few verses from John 1. Verse 11 says this of Jesus, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We jump down to verse number 16. It says, and from his fullness We have all received grace upon grace. Verse eleven of that passage tells us he came to his own. This is our Christmas connection. This is um, when Jesus, the holy, eternal, almighty, majestic God, came to earth to be among us as a man. It's when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, as verse fourteen of that uh, of this chapter says. It's what we celebrate at Christmas. But verse 11 also tells us that although he came to his own, his own people, though, rejected him. Now, not so much as a baby in Bethlehem, but those 33 years later, the people of Israel rejected their Messiah in in Jesus Christ. Oh, but verse 12 goes on, though, to tell us that, but to all who did receive him. And John clarifies here that those who receive Him are all those who believe in His name. Okay, well, just what does that mean, to believe in His name? Well, I want to tell you, it's more than simply believing that there was a real historic person who walked this earth some 2,000 years ago, and His name was Jesus. It's, It's bigger than that. No, by faith, believing in His name is believing that Jesus truly is who He said He is the Almighty God, come to earth who lived as a man and yet without sin. It's believing that those 33 years later, by His sacrificial death, He made atonement for our sin so that we could be saved from sin, so that we could have eternal life in Christ. You see, believing in His name, boy, it's a lot bigger than just knowing the Christmas story of His birth. Rather, it's receiving. Did did you notice that word shows up multiple times there in John chapter 1, receiving. It's about receiving Jesus as the Savior. And John said that to all who believe in His name, to those who receive Him, He gave the right to become the children of God. I'm going to tell you, this is God's grace to us, that because of the gospel, although we deserve punishment, to bear eternal punishment, in fact, for our sin, Instead, those who receive Him, who believe in His name, we are forgiven, and we become His own. <laughs> yeah, that's grace. Verse 16 says, and then from His fullness, we have received grace upon grace. That word fullness there, the, the, the Greek indicates that it's just this abundance. It's an overflowing supply, almost too much from His abundant supply. We have received, there's that word again, we've received grace upon grace. Jesus, the one born in Bethlehem, it's because of Him that we've received from God's abundance, this grace upon grace, grace overflowing, like God is just piling it on more than is even necessary. He just keeps giving us more than we deserve. It's kind of like when grandma does what grandparents just love to do, right? They give you more than you need and better than you deserve. Grandparents, am I telling the truth this evening? Isn't that what you do? Some of you kids, you're going to find out this Christmas that grandma has gone overboard in blessing you with an abundance of food and, or maybe candy and gifts. And your parents are going to be sitting over in the corner going, rolling their eyes like they do not need one more gift. Come on, grandma. And grandma's going to smile delightfully and go, <laughs> yeah, I'm giving them one more. All right. In defiance of those parents, right? Grandmas, is that what you do? Right? Just pile it on. And right about the time that you're just overwhelmed with that abundance, (laughs) there's even more. (laughs) Grandma just keeps on coming back at you. That's a picture of how we receive from God's fullness, grace upon grace. He just keeps giving more grace. And this is illustrated really well in another story from our staff about the best gifts that they've ever received. I asked the staff before the season about the best gifts, and this story comes from and, excuse me, Andrea Harris. Now, Andrea serves as our director of preschool discipleship here at the Norwood campus, and she shared with me this beautiful story of how God's grace was poured out on her family. It was from five years ago, Christmas 2017. And right there in the aftermath of opening all the gifts, everyone is still kind of catching their breath from Christmas morning. Grandma asked five-year-old Ben a familiar Christmas question. Now, Ben, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas this year? And five-year-old Ben said something like, well, mostly. But I really wanted a little brother or sister. Oh, Because now there are three boys in the Harris household already, right? And I guess three is just not quite enough for Ben. I don't know. I can tell you in my own family, there are three brothers. There's three of us. And boy, my mom had her hands full and then some with the three of us. Kind of like Mark's mama probably had her hands full with the three of them, right? Well, I'm sure about this point, Andrea's thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Hang on there, buddy. What are you talking about? I got three of you to keep up with already but she was kind of like Mary at this point. She treasured all these things in her heart, right? She's pondering these things in her heart, like, I don't know what's going on here. She let the conversation continue. The other boys started to chime in right there. It's Christmas morning, and Will, who was 12 at the time, said, all right, well, you know, we're going to have to go adoption, uh, the adoption route this time, right? That's the only way we can make it happen. And then Chris is eight years old, and he says, it's got to be a boy. I mean, girls are just too much drama, all right? We don't want that. And so, collectively, right there, the three Harris boys on Christmas morning, they're surrounded by this pile of toys and gifts, and, but they decided that very morning, the family needs to adopt a boy. And so, Andrea, this is where she stopped pondering these things in her heart, she spoke up and said, whoa, (laughs) y'all just hang on a minute. You're going to have to talk to God about this because I'm out. Like that's not on my list. All right. Well, not only did she have her hands full with three boys, but Andrea and Thomas, they had already walked through the pain, the struggle and the heartache of failed adoption several years earlier. Well, apparently those boys did talk to God like their mama encouraged them to do, and he got real involved real quick. Watch this. Two weeks later, it was a Sunday afternoon, completely out of the blue. They got a call from the social services division of the Eastern Cherokee tribe in North Carolina. This is the tribe from which Thomas's family very proudly hails. Thomas had a one-year-old cousin on the reservation in desperate need of placement with a family. And so Thomas and Andrea in that moment, they together sensed the leadership of God's Spirit to look into how they could help and and get involved. And it launched this whirlwind string of events that are just laced with God's great grace. Thomas happened to be off the next day, and, and so he and Andrea, they went to the appropriate office uh, in Tarrant County uh, to do this extensive, or initiate this extensive uh, background check. They could do the, do the background check and paperwork in Tarrant County and have it transferred over to the tribe in North Carolina. They were told it'll take four to six weeks for that to happen, and yet they walked out of the building that day with all the paperwork that they needed in hand. All right? It wasn't six weeks. It was 24 hours since they got the phone call, and they've already got that paperwork for the background check in hand. They left the building with it. That was Monday. By Friday of the same week, there's a social worker from the tribe in North Carolina on their porch in Fort Worth to conduct a home assessment. It was just two months later, the Harris family took a spring break trip to the area of the country near the reservation. They were going to meet Hayden, and and we have a picture of Hayden uh, back five years ago, and uh, you can see, oh, sweet little boy, right? Um, uh, But you don't see a lot of joy and happiness in those eyes, and you'll come to understand why. They met him on the Monday of spring break. They knew and expected it was going to take months for the paperwork to make its way through the court system, but God's grace was in action again by Thursday of that week a judge had already signed off on everything that was needed and said, you can take him home today. Like what? They came across country to meet Hayden, and yet they're taking him home. That just doesn't happen. But God was pouring out his grace on Hayden to provide him with the family that he needs. Now, some of you... Uh, you you serve in kids ministry, and you've you've ministered to Hayden, and you're aware he has some very real and serious medical challenges. You see, there on the reservation, this little boy, almost two years old at the time, was experiencing seizures on a regular basis, extreme seizures lasting four hours or more oftentimes. There was no neurologist on the reservation, and so on a weekly basis, this little boy was being life-flighted to the nearest hospital on a weekly basis as these extreme seizures were happening. They ran test after test after test, and the medical community there just had not yet discovered what in the world was causing these extreme and damaging neurological issues. And so when the Harris family went cross-country to meet this boy, they knew they were signing up for a big challenge in front of them. Hayden's almost two years old at the time with debilitating medical needs, several developmental delays and challenges, but that didn't stop them. Because you see, God's grace was at work in their hearts. God's grace was at work in Hayden's life. And if that were the end of the story already, we could say, man, what a beautiful picture of God's grace to Hayden, how he worked behind the scenes to give Hayden the right to become part of the Harris family. But guys, the story of grace does not end there. (laughs) You see, with, with Hayden now in their home, of course, they contacted Cook Children's right away. First step, they got the first available appointment. It was with a nurse practitioner. And, and when that NP saw the literally four-inch stack of medical paperwork that they brought with them, she grabbed a neurologist to bring him into the appointment with her. That neurologist began flipping through um, those four inch, that four-inch stack of medical data. The third piece of paper he laid eyes on was a genetic report that had a unique genetic marker from Hayden that he just happened to be familiar with this neurologist that just happened to get pulled into the appointment, and right away he he recognized Hayden has something called Drave syndrome. It's an extremely rare genetic condition that that's what was causing these seizures are you tracking with me to this point? Within minutes of their first appointment, they already have a diagnosis for exactly what's going on in this little boy, what's been happening for almost two years that no one was able to figure out. You want to talk about God's grace, but it gets even better. You see the head of Cook's pediatric neurology department just happens to be the world's leading expert in Dravet syndrome. This extremely rare uh, genetic condition. This, this doctor literally has patients from around the world who come to Fort Worth, Texas to be treated by him. And now, almost immediately after the Harrises brought Hayden into their home, the foremost expert in the world for this extreme rare condition that no one even knew that he had, is right down the road in Fort Worth and is Hayden's doctor today. And that opened the door for Hayden to get the right medications, even participate in cutting-edge clinical trials to treat this disease. God's grace brought Hayden into the Harris home. But it was more than grace. It was grace upon grace. God was just piling it on. By God's grace today, Hayden, as you see in this picture, is, uh, he's now six years old. He's happy. He's flourishing. Since becoming part of the Harris family, this little boy has gone from weekly life flights to the nearest hospital to zero hospitalizations since he's been in the Harris household. He's in school. He's thriving as a first grader. He's a happy, sweet little boy. And it all started with five-year-old Ben's Christmas wish. Except it really started with God's determined love and His gift of grace. You see, Hayden's story, it's a picture of God's grace. He's become a child of the Harris family as you see in this picture uh, from Mother's Day this past year. Happy boy, happy part of the family. They were here in the six o'clock service on the platform. Beautiful what God has done. And just as he's become part of the Harris family, it's like God extends grace to us through Jesus. And as many as receive him to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become the children of God. And just like so many unlikely pieces came together so quickly for Hayden, from the background checks to the to the home study, to the court proceedings, to the cook's appointment, to the best doctor he could possibly have, to the proper medication, you see how God has just piled grace upon grace upon grace for this little boy. And in much the same way, God pours out grace upon grace for us, His children, for all who receive him by faith. Now, you probably know the Christmas story, but let me ask you this evening, have you believed in his name? Have you trusted in Jesus, the one who was born in Bethlehem, the one who lived a sinless life, the one who died in your place to give you the gift of grace? Have you received him. There's that word again. Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Have you received God's gift of grace? I don't know what's waiting for you under the Christmas tree this year, but I can assure you, if you will receive Jesus as Savior, as your Savior, it will by far be the best gift this Christmas. And then you'll just keep receiving grace upon grace upon grace. We would love to visit with you after the service today about how you can receive this precious gift of grace that we have all because of Jesus. For now, with our time drawing to a close, and with the fullness of His gift of grace fresh in our hearts, we turn our attention once more to the Christ candle. And we prepare to light our candles as we receive from its flame much like we receive from God's fullness grace upon grace.